answering your tough financial questions for the past 26 years. It's Allworth's Money Matters with co-hosts Scott Hansen and Pat McLean. Would you like an opinion on a financial matter you're dealing with? Whether it's about retirement, investments, taxes, or 401ks, Scott Hansen and Pat McLean would like to help you by answering your call. To join Allworth's Money Matters, call now at 833-99-WORTH. That's 833-99-WORTH. Welcome to Allworth Financial's Money Matters. I'm Scott Hansen. I'm Pat McLean. Glad you are with us today, both myself and my co-host here, Pat. We're both financial advisors. Isn't that exciting? <laughs> so <laughs> whatever that means. Whatever that means. Uh, and uh, we help people like yourself as they plan their financial future. We do that during the week, and we come here on the weekends to be your financial advisors on the air. We've got a great program. As usual, we're going to take some calls. And we want to talk a little bit about some of the student loan issues and the student. Oh, yes. How to get yeah. into college so we'll for free of charge. And um, which makes sense. You can do it. Yeah. We'll talk a little bit how it's done. How it was done. It's gonna, Legally. It's still being done. They're trying to close that. Well, they call it a loophole. Whatever a loophole is. Not really a loophole. I don't see it as a loophole. But... We'll come back to it. I was reminded that I was talking to a gentleman years ago, and he was complaining about the, he's something about the wealthy. Well, they, they, you know, they use all these, they, they use all the tax code to their ad, you know, their advantage. And I said, "Well, do you, did you itemize your interest on your on your?" <laughs> what did he well, say? Yeah. Did you? I asked him these questions. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, did, well, did you deduct your charitable yeah, contribution? Like, oh, yeah, okay. Well, then, well, they, they created tax code. Although wealthy may actually have a little bit more influence Power. over that's, how the that's tax the, code is. That's written. the bigger issue. Yeah. 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 And yeah. can hire teams of. And the mere fact that we're referring to a uh, loophole, something that actually you shoot arrows through in medieval time. Is that what it is? Yeah. Why would you shoot an arrow through it? It's a practice? slot in a castle that you shoot an arrow through. If you're inside the castle and people are coming ah, at you, they're the long, skinny slots you. in the castle that you shoot an arrow through. Which Gosh. is an interesting thing. It's called a loophole, which is uh, why we're referring to tax laws loopholes. I don't quite, or all kinds of things. Anyway, if you want to be part of the our English program. English language is really kind of strange how things kind of. I think every language wouldn't be the case. Yeah, I'm only familiar with the English <laughs> language. <laughs> well, they say if you speak three languages, you're trilingual. If you speak two languages, you're bilingual. If you speak one language, you're an American. <laughs> that, that's true. Although my, foreigners appreciate that, by the way, my uh, speak multiple languages. My son, who uh, is uh, and we will get to the program. Grew up in Sacramento. He speaks fluent Spanish, and so he asked me to. I needed to bring his truck somewhere, so I bring it, and he go in there, and like he hit the presets, and every one of them is is Spanish. He listens to Spanish radio. Yeah, he listens to Spanish radio to help him with his language, or he just enjoys that. I don't know. He listens, so you hit the presets, and you hear Spanish. Like, what's wrong with this kid? <laughs> and he should, he should be having the Irish folk songs on instead. Well, like, is that what you're like thinking? Like my car. <laughs> or Jimmy Buffett. Like an old right, white. Right, we're going to get the show. This was years ago when CD, you had the CD changers. I'm in Pat's car in the passenger seat. And Jimmy Buffett's gone. Uh, I hear a couple. I said, I can't do any more Jimmy Buffett. I changed the next CD. Jimmy Buffett. I changed the next CD. Jimmy Buffett. He had nine <laughs> no, CDs. There were nine. Six <laughs> CDs of Jimmy Buffett. I was whatever a big fan was. of. Five, whatever. That well, I was listening <clears throat> to that whole, uh, he had uh, boats, okay. ballads, bars, and, uh, <laughs> and beaches. He had, he had each of them. Which was, his... it was a four-album set called Boats, Bars, Ballads, <laughs> and Beaches, I think. And anyway, I had that all loaded. That's true. It was when I was. Uh... <laughs> okay, no more. we got to get to the program. If you want to be a, uh, part of our show, have a question for us, like to give us a call, we'd love to hear from you. Our number to be part of the show, 1-833-99-WORTH. Toll free, it's 833-99-WORTH. Numerically, it's 833-999-6784. And let's start off with Brian. Brian, you're with Allworth Financial. Hey, guys, I appreciate you taking the call here. Yes, sir. Um, I, I do have a, a, 
probably a lengthy question, <laughs> and this has to do with um, potentially selling a house to get out of, out from under uh, credit card debt. Okay. All right. So Fire away. I can run. I can run some stats for you. Alrighty. Um, I bought the house in uh, 2013 for 410,000. Current market value is roughly around 490, 480. Similar houses selling. They're kind of the track homes, so they're kind of selling in that area. Um, have about 50,000 bucks in credit card debt. I'm in a, a business that I, I rely on commissions. And those commissions have not been there for the past uh, several years, so I kind of dug myself into a hole thinking that this year a commission check will come, this year a commission check will come, and it's not Got coming. It. And I'm missing out on about, you know, roughly thirty, maybe $40,000 in commission per year that have not been there. Okay. Uh, two years after I bought into the house. Got it. <laughs> so um, the what do you, thought is— What do you owe I, on the house? Two ninety-seven. Currently two ninety-seven. Okay. And then I've got a second on the house, a second loan on the house for uh, sixty thousand, fifty-nine thousand bucks. Dang. Alrighty. <clears throat> so what I was thinking of doing, and I, you know, this is one of those things. Okay, the house is supposed to be a, a good investment. Something I read just yesterday, kind of prior to this uh, this call, was that housing. Uh, increases my my house is basically increased in value roughly three and a quarter percent each year over those those uh, the years that I've owned it since 2013. So my thought is I could be putting money into a 401k at work and producing what I've been seeing as, as common results for it now in the five to six percent return. Right now I'm only putting two percent into that uh, 401k. And just a little dribs and drabs here. I have about $100,000 in that. I kind of started late in my life doing that. I'm currently 55 years old. Well, I mean, so let's I let's assume, I mean, if we assume for a minute, and historically real estate's average 3 to 4% if you go back over long yep. periods of time. Yep. Uh, but you figure you've got roughly $100,000 net equity in your house if you were to sell today. So yep. if you get 3% on... A five hundred thousand dollar house, which is about what your house is worth, that's fifteen percent a year on a hundred thousand dollars. I mean, fifteen thousand dollars on a hundred thousand dollars worth of equity. That's a fifteen percent return on your equity because you're highly leveraged on this house right now. But step all that aside. What? What is? Are you married and kids and? No, single. Okay, and how old are you? 55. Uh, 55. What's going to change in the next five years, if anything, with your income? So at the moment, uh, foreseeable future, um, the forecasts are showing that uh, industry that I'm in is not progressing. Um, kind of been hit by the millennial uh, issue <laughs> uh, for the business that I'm in. And, um, the mi- millennials don't like your business? What are, you, are you selling yeah, CDs or... <laughs> No, 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 no. I'd, I'd almost prefer not to say just to All right, Jimmy okay. Buffett. He's selling Jimmy Buffett CDs. Yeah, yeah. So i got a stack of those in my trunk. So what, what my goal is, uh, I'm thinking, is I could get out of the house. I could pay off all of this credit card debt because I'm now in a cycle of yep. just paying, like, yeah. totally loaded yeah. credit yeah. card. Yep. Yep. And it, it never ends. It's, it's like yep. you pay the bill, and then you got to borrow against it. So Do you own it, your I primary totally, re- do you own your primary residence? Excuse me, Brian. Do you own your primary? Yeah, that's what, that's yeah, what he's yeah. talking about. No, this is yeah, yeah. a rental, no. isn't it? No, 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 no. This is my own home. I own the home. Got it. I thought this was a no. rental. No, no, no. So what I'd like to do, and and just correct me if I'm wrong, my my scaredness of this is I'm hearing in the news, you know, the potential of a recession, and I just talked to someone yesterday who who lived through that and went through their housing. Uh, short sale and lost their butts um, on all that equity that's been built up. So I do have equity that is built up into the house that I could use to get me clean, to get me back. And where would you live? Where would you live? Where would you go? No, no, I get it. I, I have to rent. But some of the things, the other things that are, I'm in is a home that the tax rate, uh, because of uh, HOA, not HOA fees, but Melarus is literally double. And that my current tax bill, if there were no Melarus, would be three thousand dollars. 
roughly in that in that range, and with with the Melarus, I'm paying roughly close to eight thousand. And what's your annual income? Annual income is seventy thousand. With commissions, I should be making about. That's what I planned for because I was making this at yeah, the time. But you're not now. Um, I was, yeah, definitely not. And and foreseeable future, five years for sure. Those commission checks are not going to happen. Got it. I would sell. Yeah, so, I would sell. This is yeah, too much yeah. house so for I'm, you. I'm, I'm, yeah, and the other thing that I did read, and this may be something that, that uh, listeners could could maybe uh, grab onto, is I just read a thing that you should be buying a house roughly about three times your uh, annual gross income on your taxes, line 37. Is that kind of a, a good Well, no, I mean, it's, it's – uh, I mean, it, I, and there's the challenges with those, I mean, you might talk to a couple in the Silicon Valley that between the two of them uh, make $300,000 a year – and they buy a house that's $1.4 million, uh, yeah. which isn't much of a house there, right? So, um, because but, they. But your situation, you absolutely should get rid of that house. What you should be thinking about is when you move into a rental, is I would, uh, I assume that your employer matches them more than 2% of your pay in so your they, 401k. They don't. It's a non, it's a non match program. Okay, it, but it, still. They just offer it so that we, we can do but that. Got his so what inc- I was thinking was I could max out my 401k, do when I think it's what, at 55, you can do the catch up. I could be putting yeah. in $24,000 a year. I would, and I know I can do that with zero credit card debt. Right now, I can't with the I, credit card burden that I have. I would start saving for uh, to buy a house as soon as I actually moved right. into a rental. Yeah. I wouldn't and be that I concerned that, about the 401k. I would start right. saving to buy a house. And the reason, okay. and, and it's going to be after house of, of lesser value, the, the reason, and it might be one where there's not a school district and that you need to worry about and stuff like that for the Melarus, Um I don't know if I forget my, what well, my the, reason. The reason you want to start saving for a home oh, is that it, it is, that is the it, most secure thing that you can fixes, do for retirement. It fixes your rent payment, essentially. Forever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah that's why oh, it's important that. And even if you were planning on moving to a lower uh, income uh, or a less expensive place to live, I would look to buy yeah. a rental there at some point in time and continue to rent until you retired at age 65. Yeah, but I think, Brian, it seems to me like if you don't make a move— it's only um, going to get worse for you. Yeah, it'll it's get not worse. Gonna, yeah, it's not going to. Yeah, it's going to feed on itself. So yeah, get so. rid of that house, pay off the credit card debt, start saving for a home immediately. And I would probably look at selling the house right away. I mean, no, I would start dating rich women. <laughs> That's just me, because there's so many of them out there. Well, <laughs> how do you tell? How can you tell? I don't know. That's the issue. <laughs> If they just had like a sign on their, just like on their forehead, like with their net worth, that would be yeah. so much easier. Maybe one that actually some sort of an app that showed their credit score and how much they owed. Yes, that's. Well, there's a business idea right there. Okay, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's. Someone uh, take that and run with it. Yeah, that's yeah yeah. One eight three three ninety nine worth is to be part of the program here at All Worth Financial with Scott Hansen and Pat McLean. Let's go to. Denver, and we're going to talk with Carol. Carol, Carol, you're with Allworth Financial. Hi, guys. Hi, Carol. Hi, I have a question. Yes. Uh, I am retired. I am uh, 69 and a half, and so I will start, they'll have to start taking out minimum distributions by next year. I'll be 70 and a half uh, when I file next April. Um, I have a 401k that I had from my business, well, 401k that when I was working, and I also have an IRA. Um, I ha- and just recently, I had a uh, some stock in a former company that I worked for, and it wasn't performing well, so I uh, rolled it over into the IRA, which is performing better. So, uh, w- one second, IRA- one second, one second, if I may. So it, was it in an, an ESOP plan? Or a four hundred one k plan from your but, previous employer? Yeah, where, where was that stock located? It was, was yeah. It, they called it a four hundred one k, but it was a stock. Got yeah. it. Got it. Got it. Okay, uh, thank you. It was Kroger. It was Kroger stock. And you had uh, this. You had the stock wasn't... sold, and then they transferred the cash, or you had the shares delivered to your IRA. I had a rolled over. Got it. So I guess that's what you mean. Okay, perfect. Perfect. Good enough. We just want to make sure there okay. weren't any mistakes made there. Yeah, and of course it had a very low. Um, Whatever you call basis. it, basis, um, value, basis. Yeah, it had a low cost basis of about thirty between thirty five hundred and four thousand dollars, which I know I'll owe taxes on. 
Uh, right now, I'm about in the 12% tax bracket. Wait, 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 stop, 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 stop. So typically, so if, if you had this, the, do you still own the Kroger stock now? No, no. When I had was it sold? Over and, uh, Before it got to your IRA or after it got to your IRA? When was uh, it after sold? After I had my IRA. Okay. And what was the value when you sold it? Uh, it it was just a little under 20000 All right. Well, we missed a planning opportunity, but that's behind us now. Okay. Yeah, that's behind us. Yeah, I mean, you now. could have had the share sent directly to you, and you could have taken advantage of what's called net unrealized appreciation and pay tax on— And capital gains. But the difference between there was $17,000— uh, I would have done it. You would have done it. Yeah, I would have done it. Anyway, but that's behind us. Uh, so it, for the rest of mm-hmm. everyone else out there that's listening, if you have shares in a 401k of a company stock before you roll them over, try to understand whether they are held in shares or in units. If they're in shares, you have an opportunity for some planning called net unrealized appreciation. If you go to your financial advisor and say, does this apply to me? And they say, I don't know what you're talking about. Get Find a new advisor. advisor. Okay, so you rolled this over into your IRA. So what's your question for us? Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I would like to convert. It, it, it is in a traditional, most of it is in a traditional IRA right now. I have a very, very small amount that's in a Roth. So I was wondering if it would be shrewd for, for me to convert that to my Roth, what I have in my IRA. Okay, and what is the value in your IRA? Uh, the total amount is uh, about um, thirty, about thirty thousand. And how much is in your four hundred one k? About two thirty four, two thirty five. And what is your family income, including Social Security and other sources of income? Uh, just a little under. It's, it's about thirty six thousand. Thirty six thousand. Yeah, thirty six thousand. That's what I make for my pension and my Social Security. And you're single? I'm single. You've got I don't, some room there. Yeah, you could do a little, a little bit. I know it put me in a higher tax bracket. Well, no, it shouldn't be in a higher yeah, tax that, bracket. Yeah. That's, I mean, you wouldn't I, do it if it pushed you into a higher tax yeah, bracket. Yeah, and I'm kind of looking at I'm not concerned that you're yeah, cause you're, you're, you're re- never going to be in a high tax bracket. Your required unless- minimum distributions at $260,000 a year will be about eight grand, seven grand to start. Yeah. And have you been pulling yeah, any money from these? It's a little these? bit more than 260. Yeah. It'll be about 270. Right now it's worth about 270, depending on what the market's going to do. Yeah. But it's about. Well, yeah. And are you taking income from these now? No, I, I haven't touched them. Okay. And my investment. do you give any money to charities on a regular basis? Uh, a little here and there. Okay. You could roll some over to a Roth IRA, but you don't really have a required minimum distribution problem that's going to drive you into a higher marginal tax rate. No. So you could. I, would you do it this year? Yeah, you might do a few thousand dollars. Uh, Converted to a Roth mm-hmm. IRA? Yeah. It, 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 but you don't, it, the, the, the planning years are behind us. So we missed an opportunity for the net unrealized depreciation. And then we should have had this conversation four or five years ago when you actually retired. Mm-hmm. Right? But it doesn't matter. That's yeah. behind, That's us, behind now. us now. Particularly the previous years. Yeah. Yes, yes. So yeah. It, it, you could convert a little bit over. So what you do is go in and do a pro forma tax return for 2019. And then you could look to see where how much room you got, how there. much room you have to convert to a Roth IRA. What what, what you need to pay attention to is taxation of Social Security, because mm-hmm. you're, you're probably in from what you you, you might even be tax free on Social Security, and by converting some to a Roth, it could cause your Social Security to become taxable, which pushes you mm-hmm. from a, what you think is a twelve percent tax bracket. You're actually now in an 18% tax bracket as a result of that. But as I'm thinking through this, that's also a concern when you're age 70. I mean, I think it would be great help to you to to run some tax analysis today and for – and for next year, but but so so you'd have to do the analysis. You got to do the run, but, run but, the numbers. But the but the reality is, it's not going to make a difference one way or the other whether you convert to a Roth or not a Roth this year. 
and it might, it might be to your detriment. I, yeah, correct. It may be to your detriment because uh, on the taxation of because Social Security. it's twenty five thousand dollars at fifty fifty percent of, of your, your provisional social, income yeah. of your of your Social Security is taxed yeah, I gotta run the numbers at over twenty five thousand and eighty five percent is taxed at incomes over thirty two thousand. Mm-hmm. But that's provisional yeah. income, that's which provisional only looks at income. half your Social Security. Yes, that's a crazy formula. So, Those are the things. That, yeah. so for us, the, the issue that we need to be paying attention to, Carol, is if we convert to a Roth, what does that do to the taxation of your Social Security benefits? And that's the question I would mm-hmm. be asking you, whether I'm um, dealing with it, talking to a tax advisor or a certified financial planner. And I would, we would both strongly encourage you to talk to one of those before you do anything. Um, because mm-hmm. I mean, to be real blunt with you, you had a you had a great opportunity to. Uh, you missed a couple. Have those shares transferred directly to you instead of being transferred to the IRA, and you could have taken advantage of what's called net unrealized appreciation and. Um, and we probably had lost a little bit of opportunity yeah. on conversion. So anyway, you, you actually need to sit down with a qualified advisor, uh, either tax preparer, CPA, or financial advisor that knows what they're talking about to go through these yeah. numbers. But so. and all in all, it's okay. I mean, there's nothing you like... Haven't, yeah, yeah. yeah, there wasn't... Yeah, so I appreciate the call. And it's one of those things that... Uh, it wasn't a big deal. We're, we're it was big, just a couple... Th- it cost probably... That net unrealized appreciation probably cost her $1,000, yeah. $2,000 in taxes. Maybe. Yeah, and the concept behind net unrealized appreciation, which we're going to touch upon here just because, because it came who, up... Who wants to miss that? <laughs> 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 if if you if you're if you work for a company and that employer offers their employer stock in the 401k which is quite common and sometimes they put it in as far as a, a match or something goes into that if you've got uh shares in there and you actually own the shares of the company it's not uh units, units sometimes they're units of it's not really on the shares or if you have an ESOP plan Employee stock ownership plan. And if you do, you would know. Um, when you leave that employer and the ret- dollars in your retirement account, those shares, you've, you've got options with those. You can Sometimes you can just leave them there. But you could take those shares and do an IRA rollover, which almost everything you hear about and read about is IRA, roll your 401k over to an IRA. It's simple, right? What you don't read so much about is this technique we're talking about right here called net unrealized appreciation and here's how this works let's propose for a moment that your stock your employer stock is worth a hundred thousand dollars all right and let's assume that over the years your contributions were to that your what you purchased into the, those shares was ten thousand dollars not that uncommon if you work for a big company you've been for there a long, long time, time right so eh, let's make twenty thousand that's probably more right. realistic twenty thousand your cost basis is twenty thousand the stock's worth a hundred thousand dollars and you're over the age of 55. And you left the employer. Yes. So a lot of stars need to align. You don't necessarily have to be over 55, but you'd have, you could have tax penalties otherwise, which still might be worthwhile depending on what kind of appreciation there is. We don't have to dig into it that okay. deep. But. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> you say, you know what? Uh, instead of sending those shares to my IRA, which that would be a tax-deferred transfer, right? Tax-free rollover. Which is what most people would do, I as did. So if instead you say, well, tell you what, custodian, send me those shares directly. And? Or, or put them right into my brokerage account that I own directly. When that happens, the, your cost basis, that $20,000, what you paid for that stock, that would become taxable to you at the time of, of the distribution. The twenty grand, not the $80,000 that it grew. But all of that gain is now deferred gain. And what has more favorable tax treatment? Ordinary income, which IRAs get withdrawals get triggered, or capital gains? Capital gains are less expensive. What Much allows expensive. you to gift? What's that? Much less expensive. What allows you to give to a charity at the cost basis? Unrealized stock, appreciated stock. What allows uh, a step up in basis? Not the NUA. Not the NUA. Yeah. Every other stock, that's the one. Uh, so you will lose that benefit. But, but from a planning standpoint, it's, just remember this: if you've got employer stock, go see a qualified advisor. Yes, and mention 
net unrealized appreciation. If you forget what we're talking about, just say, hey, is there a way I can get the stock to me directly? Would there be any tax benefits to that? And if, you're, if your advisor looks at you cross-eyed and hasn't a clue what you're talking about, get another <laughs> advisor. And having trained advisors, um, having Scott and myself having trained many advisors in the past, qualified, supposedly qualified advisors, it's not unusual for people not to understand this. It's obscure. Yeah, not that obscure. You studied it in the CFP program, I believe. I don't know. Yeah. It's been a long time since I've taken the CFP wow. program. Anyway, so we're going to take a quick break. When we co- This is really exciting topics. We're going to talk about other Stay 401k tuned. strategies. Stay tuned. You do not want to miss out on this. <laughs> we will be talking about uh, some student loan issues and get, how to get your kid into free. How do you get your kid into college for That's free? Uh, and of course, well, take- actually, you're not getting the kid into college for free. The kids getting themselves in. That's free. right, and disowning you in the process. Yeah. Well, uh, to join so the there's program, there's two benefits. One eight three three ninety nine worth is the number again. Toll free eight three three ninety nine worth. This is Scott Hansen and Pat McLean of All Worth Financial. We'll be right back. get enough of Allworth's Money Matters? Visit allworthfinancial.com slash radio to listen to the Money Matters podcast. Do you have a financial question that needs answering? Call us at 833-99-WORTH. That's 833-99-WORTH. Welcome back to Allworth Financial's Money Matters. I'm Scott Hansen. I'm Pat McClain. And you think, wait a minute, Allworth, Scott Hansen, Pat McClain, aren't those the handsome McClain guys? We are. Hanson McLean Advisors upgraded our name to Allworth Financial a couple months back. Why? Um, there was a copyright infringement on <laughs> Hanson. <laughs> the singer of the band. Do they spell the, band. the same way? Yeah, the band came after us. Do they sell it the same way? Yeah, the Hanson the band, yeah. And they do. I didn't. I'm, I couldn't tell you. I wouldn't know who they were if they were... I wouldn't either. They were trying to borrow money from me. Couldn't no. tell you who they were. They might have been trying to. It doesn't matter. Me. No, we 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 um, <laughs> we wanted a name that that reflected more of our future and what we do for our clients, yeah. which is estate planning. We work closely with attorneys and tax. And services. we have a lot of advisors that work with us, right? That. Um, they all have their own individual names as well. Yes. <laughs> I mean, and, I, and you know, and a lot of firms in our industry use people's names. And a lot um, don't. And I was thinking, I mean, and and we partner with some of those firms like TD Ameritrade. We have clients have their assets there or Fidelity or Charles Schwab. So if you want to even have your first name, you can. Um, yes. But that's not the, anyway, we decided to go a different route. Yeah. Anyway, that's why. So if you want to be part of the program 833-99-WORTH is the number we're talking with dave dave you're with all worth financial hi guys um well, i just have a quick question about um para here in colorado it's the teachers uh oh social security i guess is what you would call it verse and then also regular social security so the question i have is my wife is taking para she has a Thing that she's getting out monthly from para and then the gentleman told us when we signed up with the para and took it out and started going out with it is that um there would be an adjustment to, to our social security her social security but then i met with another para person at an event that i was at and they said no you're able to keep your para and your full social security as long as you have all your credit hours built into social security is that correct kind of yeah so here's it comes down to um so the uh, public employee retirement annuity i'm not sure what the a stands for that yeah right so she if, if if she contributed to both para and social security during her working years she would be entitled to full social security benefits okay okay did she contribute so, to both? 
And some, well, and it's every every mm-hmm. state and municipal plan's different. We have clients that retire from one municipality that only participate in the state program, not Social Security. We have others that participate in both. So that's the first question we need to ask. And a at teacher, the same time? Yes, at the same time. Yeah. Correct, at the same time. So it's inaccurate. They, She got her credits with Social Security. She was doing normal other jobs besides teaching, and then she got her teaching position, and then that's when she stopped doing Social Security okay. and then did para. Got it. And how long did she t- have the other jobs for? Uh, for 20, yeah. There's gonna 25 be, yeah. plus so, years. So you're yeah. going to what, – what applies to this particular situation is your Social Security will be reduced by what they refer to is the windfall elimination provision. Doesn't feel like a windfall to anyone I know. And when I think about teachers, I always think windfall. They're killing it with those pensions. Joking. That's <laughs> yes, right. I'm joking. Yeah, joking. So, yeah. so um, y- y- you will not get 100% of the Social Security benefit. Okay. Okay. But they'll, uh, they'll do the equation. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And things. we have the ability okay. to do the equation as well to some degree. Do we not, Scott? I, I think we do. Yeah. But it's, okay. Um, How yeah. old is she? Uh, 61. Is she applying for Social Security soon? Uh, we were thinking 62, but we may take it all the way till she's 67. That's when she's got her full. How about age 70? Or even age 70. Yeah. It just depends on how finances go. Yeah. yeah. And, the, okay. and I mean, that, the windfall elimination provision um, actually applies at any age. It doesn't matter uh, okay. the age. Right. Uh, but one of the things that, it, based on her health, we do actually have the ability to help people determine when's the best time to take Social Security, as most good financial yeah. advisors do. Right. And and the longer of the wait of the like 70 or even 72 is the better. Well, se- se- be 70 yeah. is the, the final age because you don't it doesn't increase oh. after that. But what you also right. there's many factors. And part of that factor is between 62 and 70, there's eight years that she did not receive those benefits. Right. Um, so we'd get right. a factor all those. And t- our general rule yeah. of thumb is if um, if this Social Security is going to be a kind of a necessary income source, delay as long as possible. And if you've yeah, got boatloads of money, then take it as early as you can. Gotcha. So and then in between, it's lots of planning. Yes. Yes. Yep. All righty. Got it. All right, okay, Dave. Okay, thank you so much. All right, Appreciate thanks. the call. Yeah. Pat, you were joking about the... Uh, I was joking about yeah. the windfall. But, are there, but, but in some states, um, the uh, pensions are very, very... Very um, generous, especially in the state of California. For, yeah, for not as much for teachers as for others. Correct. Public service employees, especially safety. Workers. Safety workers. Safety workers. Yeah. Safety workers. Fire of which, department. Of which I have many, many, as I'm sure you do, friends. Park are, ranger. Yes. Prison guard, prison administrator, anyone that wore a gun or was close to people. With guns. With guns. <laughs> I guess that's it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. One eight three three ninety nine worth. Are numerically to join us. And, and let me let me preface. Let me let me say this about those. I, I hold no grudge against the people that are receiving the pensions because we counsel them all the time on Absolutely. how to get the biggest pension. It, it it's the promises the government made that aren't sustainable over long periods of time, which. I, I don't think Social Security is any different than pensions in terms of governments making promises that aren't sustainable over long periods of time. Yeah. And there's clearly there's ways the – and I I say gaming the system, so that's not the best way to put it because you're, all you're doing is in the framework that's laid out before you. Right? Yes. So if I was working for an employer and I realized that, hmm – in my last year of employment, if I did this, if I did this and this, I can have more net income in retirement. I would do it as long as it was legal and ethical. I would do it. That's correct. And and it's the same. There's lots of those structures within in some of these uh, government. Oh, plans. which is let's after this call, let's talk about the how the people are getting into the college for free. Yeah, we're going to talk about or close to free. Yes, or pretty darn close to free. Yeah. So let's uh, let's talk with D. D. You're with Allworth yeah. Financial. Hello. Hi, D. Hi. How can we help? Uh, yeah, I'd like to know the best way to give property to my daughter. I have some undeveloped property, and um, how you know what is the best way to give it to her 
you know, tax-wise, et cetera. What is, what is uh, let's ask a couple questions to start. What is the value of the property? Oh, it, you know, it could be 20, between 20 and 30,000. 20 and 30,000 dollars. And how much did you pay for this property? Uh, it was given to me. And what is your daughter planning on doing with the property once you give it to her? Probably sell it. Um, have you thought about selling the property first? So the, 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 it was given to you. So whatever the cost base is, whatever the person who gave it to you paid for it, that's going to be your cost basis. And if you give it to a daughter, that's going to transfer. It'll be her, her cost, cost base. base. So what, did you inherit it or was it given it to you? Was it it given? was given to me in a divorce settlement. Got okay. It. All right. Well, then you owned it prior to the divorce. What did you pay for this property? No, I I didn't own it prior to the divorce. Okay. It was what he gave me in the divorce. Let's okay. assume the cost basis is quite low. How long have you owned yeah. the property? Oh, gosh, probably okay. 20 years or so more. So the, que- the, the first question would say, who... Who is in the higher tax bracket, you or your daughter? Yeah, who makes more money, you or your daughter? Me. You do. Okay, perfect. All right. So you, all you would need to do is simply just change the deed, transfer it, give this change to your daughter. Change the title over to your daughter and have be I'm done sorry, with it. what? Move the title <laughs> over to your daughter. Uh-huh. And then just give it to her, and then she sells it, and whatever gain she pays taxes on. And you're allowed to gift up to $15,000 per year per individual in any one year, but up to also $11.4 million in your lifetime. If your net worth is anywhere close to $11 million... You should give your daughter more than this piece of property. (laughs) (laughs) So I wouldn't worry about that other part of it. I just simply give to her and then... She's going to sell the property. They're going to, uh, when she does her taxes, she's going to have to determine what the cost basis was, what it was paid for. You're going to have to do a little bit of digging, and you'll probably end up doing with a some sort of a guess. How do I, how do I give it to her? You just Hold change the title. Second. Just change the title on the property. Yeah, go you to a title company. Yeah, or you could call the, the county. The county, call the county up and say, I want to change the title into my daughter's name. You go in there and you change it to your daughter's name and then you sign it and it's your daughter's. And then she turns around and sells it and she pays taxes. And then they're going to ask on her taxes, what was the gain in this? And she's going to guess what the, you know, make an approximation, what, out of it. make an approximation of what the value was when it was gifted to you, not to her. Okay. So I, I do that through the County. Yep. <clears throat> Easy enough. Yeah, and that's the right thing to do if you want to gift her these these dollars. But and when she sells them, she, her, she might have no capital gain based upon her income. Yep. If not, it might be a very small amount where you would have more. So um, appreciate, appreciate the, call. the call very much, D. And uh, by the way, oftentimes we see people that are selling some securities that they've had for a while. They don't know what the cost basis is. And I've been in this. I've been doing this, Pat. For we both have been doing it about almost thirty years. You you think you you more than thirty years. Have you ever seen someone audited? Never. On? Never. Cost basis? Never. As long as, as I tell the, and some people get really freaked out by it. And we, you can. I mean, let's say you own some stock in it. So we, we have a lot of clients that retired from AT&T, particularly years ago. That's a long time ago. Um, and that stock has been all over the place. It was one company, then it became eight companies, then it became 14 companies, and then it became then one company. Yeah. And, it's like an amoeba. Um, <laughs> it kept growing and growing, and then they came back together. Um, most people didn't keep records, although there was a firm that actually did it for a while, but you, it was a substantial amount of money. So people do what's uh, uh, they guess. A guess. A, a reasonable guess. A swag. If you will. It's a wild guess. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, and it, I think the, the, the key is here is that you – yeah. You, you list a reasonable. value that you believe is accurate. Yeah. I mean, and you're, yeah. part of it is going to be if, a bit if, of a guess. If the IRS audits you, then you yeah, must go back and prove it. And if you can't prove it within a reasonable doubt. You can't prove it, they'll, they assume the value is the, your cost zero. base is zero. But I've never seen anyone audit. It I doesn't to say that you won't get audited. I've just never seen no, it. No, it doesn't say that it, none of our clients have ever been audited and challenged. We just haven't us. seen it. Yes, that's correct. So, Okay, be, rather than take calls at this moment, we... <laughs> 
So if we look the last the last several months, there's been a lot in the news on this guy Rick Singer. What was the name of his little company? Rick Singer. He was in the news every day for a while because he got wealthy what people. What was his name of his company? He was right from Sacramento. He Originally, was... then he was down in Newport Beach and the the um, the Hallmark lady, uh, Channel lady. What's her name? But it, there's a couple actresses got involved. I don't remember. But I have some. I had some family uh, friends and family that consulted with him at one point in time, but they weren't of the wealth or the ilk to um, fund. And basically, this guy was saying, look, give me some money. I'll give uh, it uh, to the polo, uh, water polo, and we'll get you on into Stanford or Harvard or UCLA or Berkeley under a sports and th- scholarship. And I think what was interesting about that story is, is one, it's like, you know, the wealthy have power to kind of get what they want. But he was unethical in many of the things he's doing, and he... And clearly illegal, as were um, other people. Yeah. But this the people is, taking the money. This is an interesting one. And the state of Illinois, uh, basically, when somebody goes to get student aid for the universities there, if the parents don't have any assets, they can qualify for quite a bit of aid. But if, if their parents have assets, they can't. Or if the child has assets, they can't. Correct. Right? So what you're trying to do is to send your kid off to college. How many kids have assets? I must have a friend of mine whose his oldest daughter, when he, she, bought a, she, she bought this used Audi when she was 16. I'm like, wow, that's a, so that's a pretty nice car. Oh, and he says, well, she paid for it all for her money. I said, what? Oh, yeah, it was all her money. She paid for it. I said, oh, your 16-year-old daughter. She had saved money? I said, why don't you just, we should tell all 16-year-olds, just use your own money and go out and buy an Audi. Well, don't buy an Audi. It, obviously, because she came from a family with money that gave her Christmas and birthdays and gave her. I don't care if you have money, you should not buy an Audi. <laughs> just flat out. <laughs> just, just, you don't make, like the cars. They just seem like, anyway, that's an opinion, but. <laughs> all right, so we're getting off track. I was totally off track on that. My apologies for that. All right. Although Audi's a fine car. Fine, fine car. Um. I was joking. So the asset, if you go, if, if, if you're a child and you're going to college and you have no assets and your parents, and your parents have no assets, they look at your parents. then your chances of you getting financial aid are go up exponentially. So if you're a child and your parents do have assets, how do you, how do you get around this? Well, <laughs> that's what this company called Destination College would tell would t- t- give you the steps of basically how you can and actually we'll give you the steps right here now you don't need to pay anyone for this all you have to do is actually become an independent student well you give up guardianship of your child when you're like when they're like 16 or 17 yeah before they go to college correct and you the, the kid can no, we're not advocating you should necessarily do this. We just want to talk about a bigger issue here. No, but the child can actually, uh, what do they call it, um, uh, emancipation. They can be self-emancipated, which means that they have no guardian. Then the court rules at age 16, they can take care of themselves. Or you can assign or ask someone else to take guardianship of your child that doesn't have the assets or the financial responsibility. So I have a 21-year-old and I got a 16-year-old. And I say to the 21-year-old, hey, you know your little brother? I want you to become his guardian. 21 years. Like, I didn't even like him when I was growing up with him. Why would I want to be his guardian? You're like, well, because it's going to save me hundreds of thousands of dollars in tuition. Because the 21-year-old has no assets. Right? Then, the child, when they go to college, they apply for state, federal student aid. Reduced tuitions. Housing, books. Like 30, 30 some odd thousand dollars a year. It doesn't matter how much the parents had, how much money the parents were worth when the, the guardianship of the child was changed. They could have been a billionaire. Doesn't matter because it's not the child's asset anymore. The parent's asset. So, And the parent doesn't have access to it because those parents, they're not longer their child. That's right. What do you think of this? No, what do you think of it, Scott? I don't know. I don't know what to think. Well, here's no. I, so I read the story when it first came out, and I was fascinated by it. 
because it's the moral hazard that occurs when when governmental programs offer benefits to some certain class of people and not others, right? So as an example, Pat, we oftentimes, we have people saying, how do I, I'm worried about, here's what we say oftentimes, my mom is probably going to need to go into some sort of care facility in the next couple of years. How do I shelter her access, her assets so she can qualify for state aid? And there are ways that you could possibly artificially right, right? That's one thing. So if she's broke, if you're broke, there are state-funded long-term care facilities that will take care of you. That's correct. Right? If you have money, you have to use your money first. When you run out of your money, then the state will fund. And so what happens sometimes is people will say, why don't, I, why don't we structure this in such a manner so that we have no assets. We impoverish ourselves. Yes. My, my mother or father artificially impoverishes themselves so that they and can go whole, on to some governmental aid. And so there's whole there's consultants that that's their all they do is is try to and this is a similar kind of thing. It's like, all right, you come from a wealthy family or a middle class family or the family's got some assets. And they Actually, don't want to spend it. it. Maybe the parents don't want to spend it. Yep. Maybe. I mean, actually, some of those kids are, it, it's kind of worse off. Your parents are saying, we're not going to help you. And they're like, well, my friend can get oh, some financial aid because he, he comes from a poor family. I come from a wealthy family. They don't want to help me, and so I can't get any aid. We see this. So I have, uh, uh, for, the, for the people that are new to the show, I have four children. Three of them are in college right now. Right now. It isn't unusual to find that their friends who want to go to a state in California, the universities, state and uh, universities are pretty well subsidized by the government, state of California. Yes. On the University of California and the state system. But if you're an out of state student, it could be get very expensive and the same in other states. So it isn't unusual for my children's friends to go and live in another state and not attend the first year of college so that they get residency. residency. And that way they get a reduced tuition. It could save them tens of thousands of dollars over the life of their education. Is is that right or wrong? I didn't actually see any problem with that. Well, how about this woman is the uh, destination college where she in four dozen guardianships transferred in Lake County. Is that right or wrong? Prob- I, I'm gonna. Where do you draw the line? I'm gonna say well, that's probably. Just that's just really interesting about these things. It's it's trying to qualify for government well, programs. I, and I don't know what these kids' lives are like. I just know what this I read in this article. Right? Is that right or wrong? Yeah. The whole idea. How about a how about a how about a couple that maybe someone was um, divorced or widowed, and it would use up a, a large portion of the nest egg for retirement? No. Let's say they want to get married, but if they get married. It's either the alimony is going to stop or uh, Social Security benefits are going to uh, be impacted. So they choose not to get married. I, I don't know whether. Uh, so are we advocating a flat tax now? Is no, this where I'm we're just, going? I don't know. I don't know why we're even talking about this. But it's 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 but, but, but remember, this. well, the reason that this came up is there's a lot of discussion now about there's one point five trillion dollars in student debt. Yes. In large part. Because. Our government, the Congress, I blame Congress, the doesn't federal government. qualify what kind of, where that money goes. Look at all the money that went to these for-profit vocational colleges where they closed down or people could never get jobs. And what did the government I know do? Somebody they came who, and they he was, gave them. He was starting some sort of massage school or something like that because of, uh, you can get like 25 grand in, 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 in student loan money to teach students. In a massage school. It was something like that. It was... It's crazy. Crazy. So... But there's discussion now on... There's some. There's a couple presidential candidates that are talking about forgiving the student loans. So, Scott... So now you're, what you're seeing is you're seeing people stopping making payments. Because, in fact... Uh, making I'll, a bet that, hey, wait a minute. A full 20% of uh, student loan payments are not being made right now. A full 20%. That they're just hoping that it actually goes away. Why wouldn't you? The reality is, it's when the government stepped into the student loan business and made it easier to get for everyone. 
is when the cost of uh, college started going up significantly. Totally. As did. Let's compare this asset. Let's assume a student. Uh, let's assume a college education is a asset because it can help produce income at some point in time. Exactly what happened in the uh, housing crisis when money became cheap and there were no qualifiers for it. What did it do to the asset? The housing prices just skyrocketed. If you look in the 2000s, we saw rents barely budge, home prices skyrocketed. Why? It was, it was cheap access to money. Yeah, cheap as- access to money. What happened to the Same thing. government? There's yeah. no qualifier. We don't even know if this person's ever employable. Yep. We don't know what their degree is in. They don't care. Yeah. You can have a degree in mathematics. You can have one in uh, Egyptian history. Yeah, and as long as the Egyptian history companies are hiring, you're fine. But if they're not, not so much. Although you could always go into law. A lot of we can, then you got to go to law school. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Well, some of this also in the um, uh, Obamacare is when they, in that whole package, they took over the uh, federal loan, the student loan program. Took over parts of it. And stated that it was going to be profitable to the government, and now it's looked like it's costing... Lots of money. They took over the guarantees, but not the administration. I just find all these things. Um, Which is, they took over the guarantees, but not the administration. It's a mess. And there's these programs that are supposed to be some sort of forgiveness after 10 years if yeah, you're in public a, service. It, I, 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 there's a good chance that there's, uh, that there's going to be some uh, serious loan forgiveness. On I, I mean, I think the, I think the government was, is culpable in, um, some of these situations, I hear some of the, I, We some of these are stories. the government, though, Scott. Anyway, we're getting a little too political that. for this right I understand, now. That, but... Yeah, I maybe we are. All right. So. Well, anyway, if I don't know if, if the state you're in, it works this way, but if you've got a 17-year-old kid... And you're kind of you getting tired of them anyway, and really, who isn't getting tired of their 17-year-old kid? Are you kidding me? <laughs> I remember my, my oldest child, my daughter... <laughs> When I, I was, love my children. When I wrote the first tuition, it was amazing she went to college. When I wrote the first tuition check, I remember thinking, if I wasn't writing a check for her to go to college, I'd be writing a check to go somewhere because she can't live here anymore. But but she's great. She's she's You love hanging out with her now. Oh, she's a blast. She's still a pain yeah. in the you-know-what, but she is a but, total blast. I don't she's know. She's 23 now. So. Anyway. All right, we're out of time. We are here every Saturday and Sunday, depending on when this is broadcast. Same Every week, the same time, wherever you're listening, and of course, podcasting. We'd greatly appreciate you, podcast listeners. Um, and uh, if you'd like to subscribe to our podcast, just go to um, your wherever you listen to your podcast, or go to our website and type. If in. you're new to podcasts, go to our website, and it'll teach you how to download. All worth financial. Yeah. And by the way, on. we've got some great stuff on our website. If you haven't been to it in a while, lots of good uh, information. So, thanks for being part of the program. We will see you next week. This program has been brought to you by Allworth Financial, a registered investment advisory firm. Any ideas presented during this program are not intended to provide specific financial advice. You should consult your own financial advisor, tax consultant, or estate planning attorney to conduct your own due diligence.